The University of Kentucky Federal Credit Union encourages everyone to promote positivity and random acts of kindness in the community with their Take Care campaign. Follow along on social media using hashtag Take Care or visit UKFCU.org slash Take Care to learn more. UK Federal Credit Union believes everyone has something positive to share. So join us in offering kind words and positivity with hashtag Take Care. Stop by a UK Federal Credit Union branch to grab a mask or button and show off your positive vibes. Masks and buttons are first come, first served and available for limited to time only. Federally insured by NCUA. Listening to the KSR Football Podcast. Welcome into the KSR Football Podcast presented by UK Federal Credit Union. And right now, it's tough times are out there. And UK FCU believes everyone has something positive to share. Not positive test results, some positivity. There's a lot of anxiety going on right now. Go to ukfcu.org slash take care to make sure that your friends, family, and everybody's doing well during these trying times, ukfcu.org slash take care. Visit them at one of their six locations around the city of Lexington and surrounding areas, and keep tuned into the KSR Football Podcast, where today it's it's been a crazy kind of day around the SEC. Uh, I'm Nick Roush with Freddie Magger, Charles Walker, and Drew Franklin, and, and Drew... Uh, I don't know about you, but it, this kind of – it's not exactly like the SEC tournament, but the COVID-19 news that's happening all around campuses across the SEC, it's its crazy. It, it kind of reminds me of that day where we had all those cancellations this spring. Yeah, right as we start this show, we learn um, Mississippi State's game was canceled, and Mississippi State, of course, played Vanderbilt two days ago, which is a little concerning knowing Vanderbilt's coming to Kentucky after making that trip. Uh, as we record this now, Monday at 3.30-ish, we still have a Vandy game, but as outbreaks keep popping up everywhere, I'm a little worried about the future of football right now. Yeah. and At least for a weekend, not, not long-term. but Kentucky is dealing with their own, but it's not as substantial as some of the other places um, to the point that the way that Mark Stoops kind of delivered the news is the point that right now, Charles, when they're sharing all the who has COVID kind of things, they're omitting Kentucky. But Stoops said today that he's he's out some offensive staffers. They've had some COVID situations pop up. But uh, Texas A&M had to suspend all activities uh, because of COVID. LSU, um, they had an outbreak as well. And it's, it's hit their quarterback room and their secondary to the point that 
the Alabama game may in, be in jeopardy. And what it all comes back to, Charles, is we're about two weeks removed from Halloween. Yeah, do you think that it has anything to do with possible Halloween parties and people going to those? I mean, Ross Dellinger said that at least at LSU, that's the source of one. So, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, you know. Teams take their lumps and all of a sudden it's like, well, you know, might as well go out and have a good time. I mean, why the hell not? Yeah, you know, I, I just think we kind of knew this was going to happen at one point before the season started, whether it be – I mean, luckily, and I don't want to – there hasn't been injuries due to COVID yet. You know, mm-hmm. people right. hospitalized, et cetera. So at the end of the day, for player safety, if you have to miss a couple games or reschedule a couple games, that makes more sense uh, than, I guess, winging it. Uh, now Pfizer's come out with some vaccine. Oh, yeah. Is- Good news. There we go, Chuck. Yeah. Who, yeah. The Pfizer stock last week, that would have been great. <laughs> I think it rose about 13% is what I saw. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, it's about player safety. You know, these are guys that, do not have a salary for playing football. Granted, they have scholarships, blah, blah, blah. Let's not even dive into all that. Um, you know, <laughs> player safety should be option and priority number one. And I think that is it. So, like Drew said, hopefully hopefully there is a game this week. Yeah. Uh, I, Freddie, I know that Charles Walker was a good well-to-do uh, football player who who wouldn't risk the health of his teammates. But Dr. Cool, I can't imagine keeping that mullet in on Halloween night. I just <laughs> – Yeah, that, that would have been tough, to be quite honest with you. But, yeah, um, you know, I, I just looking at all this with Vanderbilt barely having enough players last week to play against Mississippi State, you know, I, I think the Kentucky game could be in jeopardy. We'll see. I mean, nobody knows, but – um, you know, it's, it's tough all around the league. It really is. And, you know, Charles brought up a good point that, that these players don't have a salary. And, uh, you know, I saw a tweet where the Clemson and Notre Dame game had triple the viewers than the NBA championship final game. Wow. I mean, that blew my mind. And you have to realize that the Clemson-Notre Dame game had so many, uh, so much competition with news channels and everything else still covering the election. So, I mean, that that just absolutely blew my mind that, that that game had that big of an audience. And, you know, you think of the NBA championship game, those guys make all that money. What about the guys from Notre Dame and Clemson who had triple the, the viewers for the advertising money and still doesn't get paid? So uh, that's not what we were talking about, but something that popped up in my head. One thing that I also didn't understand about that game too is that Trevor Lawrence couldn't play because he had of COVID, but yet he could be on the sideline with a mask. Yeah, yeah I think that's got to do with the heart test that comes after ah. you're cleared. You have to clear a heart test or something of that nature. Uh, but I mean, truth of the matter is, Trevor Lawrence wasn't made any difference. I mean, I think DJ uh, played great. It was the Clemson defense that that really you know hurt him. So, Drew, I thought we were going to get Ugo uh, Owele. Uh, we, we laughed at the yeah. we laughed at the same time uh, that Freddie didn't want to attempt that last name. I don't blame him, I don't blame him either. I can't get it. <laughs> that was very odd to see that he because uh, it was at Notre Dame. He traveled with the team. Yeah, and then it was even weirder that like 
you have that many Notre Dame students there and then they rush the field afterwards and you just see this picture of just this like mob of students. It was, man, that was something else. Sports right now, like we're going to look back at all of this 15, 20 years from now and just be like, how in the, I mean, yeah. and, and and hopefully it's, it, it's just kind of a, a hiccup, if you will. I mean, obviously there's been lots of devastation throughout this country. We don't want to downplay it, but like, just from the sports perspective, the the Tuesday night NFL games, and then you have, you know, Arkansas head coach Sam Pittman's got it, and he's got minor symptoms, and then you've got Tom Izzo now said he says he has it right before the season's set to start. Um, so like you know, imagine you're a player and you're just like, well, we're we're getting ready to finally start our season. We don't have our head coach for two weeks. Like it's just very bizarre. All of the visuals we're getting out of all of it, and. Drew, I think what really made today weird is every time we think we were like gone through the the craziest part of this pandemic, it just keeps popping up again. Yeah, with Sam Pittman at Arkansas, uh, I like that Barry Odom is now the head coach, former Missouri coach just a year yeah. ago, now Arkansas's uh, associate head coach. So he steps in for Pittman for the for the Florida trip. It looks like so just. Wild headlines all the way around, as you're saying. And I saw him hug a bunch of Tennessee players after the game. Did y'all see that? <laughs> that was by design. Well, I mean, they, they, they were his former former offensive linemen at Tennessee. You know, Kate Mays and those guys. Yeah, transfer. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, that's uh, that's going to be interesting. I mean, it's inter- – it's, it's, you know, I'll be, I'll be honest with you, man. This thing scared me to death from day one. I mean, I counted today – in my car alone, I have four bottles of hand sanitizer in my car. <laughs> and I wear a mask. I mean, I, if I'm sitting in my house by myself, I wear a mask. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it, this thing has scared me because I'm in that, I'm in that demographic, man, that, you know, it worries me. So um, we need to be cautious. We need to be careful with this because it's very serious. People have lost their lives and, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a, uh, it's a tough situation. So sports is, Sports is sports, but you know safety and 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 the well-being of the players, coaches, and staffs and fans alike, and officials and everybody should be at the forefront of our thoughts. And I, I appreciate you bringing this down to earth, Freddie, uh, because oh my bad. No, 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 no. Like I really do because a I'm, you know, we're normally not serious on here, but it needs to be said. And also the fact that like. I think a lot of people forget that it's kind of still happening because we've been living with it for so long, you know, yeah. all of us want to just kind of take our foot off the gas a little bit and calm down and just try to, to, to be normal for a little bit, um, especially with sports and everything going on. So uh, cases surging everywhere. Stay safe out there, folks, please. Uh, it's the it stinks. And it, yeah, COVID's no fun. Um, it got real for me last week when I had my first COVID test done. And I'll be honest with you, I was nervous. And thanks for warning me about the fungal bat they stick up your nose, guys. Nobody told me they <laughs> stick that thing halfway up to your brain. That hurts. I ain't gonna lie. So I've gotten the rapid test, and it it it's only a little bit of a tickle. I haven't gotten the one where oh, they like goodness. take a piece of your brain out. Oh lord. I, I've gotten it where uh, she she went very deep, but my problem with when with it being there, it's how slow she counted. She said she's going to count to five, and I was to ten while she was still at two. So <laughs> it was how long they held it there is what made it so excruciating. When uh, 
when my wife is in labor, Drew, they make you like count while, all right, we need you to count while you push. And so I would count and like, for, I don't know what it was if I was subconsciously going slower, but at one point I got sucked in the wrist. Count faster, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, but all the COVID-19 stuff's happening out there. We're hoping that Kentucky Vanderbilt is still played. There's a chance that Kentucky Vanderbilt might be the only game played this weekend um, because there are some teams already on a bye uh, in addition to having games here and there that are kind of in jeopardy being played. So whew, it's, it's, it's going to be weird, uh, but nevertheless, at least the show will go on for now. Um, and I, I wanted to actually get to our Midnight Rooster segment of the week early on um, because folks – I know it's not going to cure COVID-19 by any means, but some of the CBD products that Midnight Rooster offers, M-I-D-N-I-T-E Rooster, really help with stress relief and anxiety. And Drew, that's right up my alley right now because this stuff, you know, you just get a little uneasy. And sometimes you need a nice little CBD to, to, you know, make the help with your wellness. And they're the kind of wellness product we support at Kentucky Sports Radio. Yeah, they can, they do the drops for your wellness, or if you're having trouble sleeping because of all of your anxiety, a couple of those for bed will get you right on the right track. So lots of good stuff over there. As we always say, go check them out. Yeah, and it was a good week, a nice bye week to hit refresh. Um, and Midnight Rooster, they're a great way to help you refresh each and every single day. And this week's segment is brought to you by Midnight Rooster. Favorite Vanderbilt football traditions, Charles Walker. What's your oh. favorite Vanderbilt football tradition? Hearing my friends and family, how much fun they have when they visit Nashville and can drink beer in the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, my favorite Vandy football tradition. It is a tradition unlike any other. It's kind of like the Masters this weekend. Partying in the stadium. I, yeah, people look forward to making that trip to Nashville um, you know, every year or every other year, people love watching Vandy UK um, because in the past we've kind of had their number and I, I think we'll continue to do that. Um, it, it was also kind of a big game for me. I was at one point kind of on the Vandy train. So oh, when, oh. at Vanderbilt and he kind of, you know, turned that program around, if you will. Granted, there's some stuff happened after he left. Blah, blah, blah. When he was there, my sister was living in Nashville, still is. Um, and I got accepted and had a little P preferred walk on spot there um, and almost, almost drank that Kool Aid enough to, to make the decision to go to Vanderbilt. Um, so that game always kind of meant a little more for me. Um, never forget the guy who was recruiting me. I don't, I probably don't want to say his name because. When I said I was going to Kentucky, you know, he kind of yelled at me, you need to come here, blah, blah, blah. So I'd always see him and we'd walk out, you know, playing against him. And, um, you know, definitely, definitely liked, I guess, being three and one against them. We did have that bad year where we kind of just weren't ready to play and we should have gone bowling. I guess it was my sophomore year. Mm, they yeah, were, that was horrible. Horrible. Uh, yeah. I was a, uh, that was the game that made Freddie quit Nashville. I hate, yeah. Yeah. I got yeah. <laughs> but the other Charles Walker game, I was that the game that you recovered Lynn's fumble at like the five? 
that was the craziest. That fumble went traveled about 30 extra yards from Vanderbilt guys, you know, picking it up, saving it from going out of bounds to rubbing it off their feet. And yeah, I think he fumbled it on the hell the the 30 yard line and we recover. I recovered it on the three yard line. Something crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and last year that that first tradition you spoke of, I was a part of it because I I believe I Irish goodbye to you somewhere in Printer's Alley. Um, ah, you did. This is true. <laughs> you know, it's some... not really by when you're uh, six seven like you are, and everyone yeah. kind of notices. Where did that big guy go? <laughs> uh, he was in our group, and now he's not. Yeah. Yeah, that, I think after that night too, I hung up. I retired a karaoke song for good. I was like, man, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I've, I've lost the speed ball. Got to, got to go to a curveball uh, from this point forward. Drew, what's your yeah. favorite Vandy? What's your favorite thing about Vanderbilt football? I know you've got fond memories of Vanderbilt. Um, it's usually just an excuse to go to Nashville. Um, always try to make that away trip and the game is kind of secondary for the trip, but it always, it is fun going there and seeing so many UK fans at a, at a road stadium. Uh, or Vandy never has anyone there. So it's neat getting the go big blues going. And as Charles said, the, the fan base is usually a little more lubed up at that game than they are at Kroger field. So it's just a nice, a nice away trip where uh, you can get a win and have a fun weekend out of it. Unlike Freddie. Yeah. Sorry, Freddie. Um, I, I got nothing. Those up. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they've got that. They had a, a cup. Kentucky fans made a cup snake last year. That was pretty cool. Oh, the cup! I forgot all about the cup oh, snake. Oh yeah, yeah, that, that was, was cool. Snake too. Uh, I uh, my favorite Vanderbilt football tradition is going to the Wendy's before the game. That's like right there on the corner of the stadium, and there's a line out the door, but. A huge UK super fan. They call them. They say we them boys. That's that's the kind of group of traveling UK fans. I just call them the, the road dogs. The oldest member of this uh, group of fans, his name is Donnie Ray. Donnie Ray turned ninety three last year. I, I I didn't check my notes on how old it was, but his birthday is always around that game. So they'll bring him a, a little, a, a tiny little cake and sing happy birthday to him. Get the whole. Uh, crowd too and Donnie Ray will just tell stories for days about the time he drove Elvis Presley in his car um, the time Merle Haggard punched him in the face uh, Donnie Ray is such a dedicated fan he broke his hip and then was at Neyland Stadium like three weeks later he's that <laughs> dedicated of a Kentucky football fan so unfortunately I know a lot of those guys couldn't make it to games this year because of the pandemic but I just want to give those guys a shout out because they're some of the most dedicated fans in the big blue nation and uh you know this this year's made things weird for everybody um but we're still getting uh kentucky vanderbilt a game where kentucky's favored by uh 17 points double digit favorites and freddie the last it's really weird this game it does feel a lot like the last time vandy came up to lexington because just that was, that was the last time kentucky was a double digit favorite as an sec team and the offense was really struggling. They laid a big stinker. It was really windy. And Terry Wilson only completed three passes for something like 18 yards. And, and Benny Snell essentially put the team on his back to make sure 14th ranked Kentucky stayed alive uh, to fight another day. Yeah. You know, and I actually do have one in all seriousness about Vanderbilt. I like how they incorporate their uh, naval and Army ROTCs. 
into their uh, stadium and how they how they uh, their partners with Fort Campbell and I guess this this is we won't have a show until next week. I would like to wish all the veterans a very happy Veterans Day and thank you uh, for your service. You really do appreciate it, and uh, and we love you here in the state of Kentucky. Um, but looking at Vanderbilt, man, I mean, what I can see is is offensively for Vanderbilt is they're really good between the 30s. 30-30, uh, 30, 30, they'll put up a lot of yards. They, they had over 400 yards last week against Mississippi State, but in the red zone, uh, they're not very good, to be quite honest with you. Only scoring 50% of the time, it's last in the conference. Vanderbilt has only made two field goals all year. Oh. Uh, so averaging 12 points a game, I mean, that that's not ideal. Um, so, and, and, and another thing about that offense for Vanderbilt is they're sitting at a plus eight turnover margin. Uh, in reference, Kentucky is a minus four, so – uh, you know, Kentucky is, uh, I mean, opposite wise, Kentucky is, is positive for, uh, yeah, it's a uh, good true freshman quarterback, but he's facing the number one pass defense in the country and in, in the conference. Uh, I like Ken Seals. I think he's doing playing extremely well for a true freshman, but he'll cough the football up. But I, I do expect Vandy to roll up some yards and have some, have some pass plays that they hit it but I don't expect them to do very well inside the red zone. If Kentucky has the spicy Italian meatball and kicker, Vandy has the soggy Italian noodle leg. <laughs> Gross. Ooh. Who is six? Six. Two field goals at this point in the season, not, not good. Yeah. I mean, I, I analyze these numbers from Vanderbilt, and it really – I mean, they're in here that – that just blew my mind. I mean, just it's you know, like a high school kicker. Thirty-five points again. Yeah, I mean they're giving up thirty-five points and they're scoring twelve a game. I mean that that's not it's not very good. And the thing that I know Nick will not like this, but Vanderbilt has given up two hundred and seventy-nine pass yards a game and has allowed thirteen touchdowns. So what does that do? That tempts an offensive coordinator to do what, Nick? We're going to hear it out today. Yeah, so it's all week and then run the ball. <laughs> I do like if Stoops was he he since that Georgia game, he's tried to say as little about the quarterback situation as possible. But Chuck, this is an opportunity. Like if you're going to want to get any sort of momentum at whatsoever in the passing game, Vandy's a team to do it against. You've been waiting to put up some numbers against a team all year. Now here's your opportunity. Yeah, you know, I agree completely. And but so last, or I guess two weeks ago, did we ever get a clarification on Gatewood was starting because Terry's hand was hurt, or Gatewood was starting because a little bit of both, or I mean, what? What? There is no clarification there, correct? And then this week it is Terry or Joey. Yeah, it Drew. It was the he's got a wrist injury but he might have had a wrist injury regardless, you know, like. The well, wrist, I mean, it, the wrist it, really it, started bothering him after he got benched, it seemed. Yeah. <laughs> this, this go back to what I've been telling people for the past three or so weeks when the 
quarterback battle started. They're, they're throwing to the same guys. So, I mean, really, we need the wide receivers and the tight ends to step up, get open, and give the quarterbacks an opportunity to throw the ball. Um, you know, I think a lot of people blame Eddie Grand for not calling pass plays. Well, if you don't have any belief in your wide receivers that they will get open, why call the plays? So, you know, it's a double-edged sword there. And at the end of the day, he's going to take the blame. He's O.C., it's all on him. He'll be the first to say that, but we, we got to have some, some wide receivers step up and make the one-on-one -on -one catches. And we got to have a quarterback step up and be able to put the ball on their head. So they have the opportunity to make a catch. Um, I think this is the week, like you said, that we could develop some momentum and um, I think we hand the ball off to 24 and take some shots. Chuck, let me add some, something on that as far as numbers-wise for Kentucky. Mm -hmm. Cats are averaging 4.52 yards per carry. Yep. Yards per pass attempt, 5.4 yards. Ooh. So you're averaging less than less than a yard more passing attempts than you are per rushing attempt. Yeah. I think that I think sheds light on, on what we've seen so far. Uh-huh. So moving forward, we don't know who it's going to be. I ultimately think that at this point, you're two and four. You've only seen Joey Gatewood in one game, and it was against a pretty good Georgia defense. Let's see what he can do against a bad team. You don't really know. Drew, we've seen plenty of Terry Wilson. But here's my what if for you, Drew. Okay. What if they go with Gatewood right away? They're like, all right, let's, let's see what he's got against ba Vanderbilt. And then... You're going into the second half. Offense isn't any better. You're losing. Do you go to Terry Wilson or do you go to Bo Allen to change things up? I think they would go to Terry, but I would not be shocked if I saw Bo Allen trotting into the game. But I, I would still I think it would be Terry in that situation. I would love to see Bo Allen. And I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility this season, but also I kind of – I worry that if, you know, if they can't catch already, if he comes in, what's he going to do, a passing quarterback, if they're just going to, you know, not be open or drop it in the first place. So why come in and mess with his confidence? What What's going on with Bryce Oliver? Ooh, this yeah. is this is like the Dorian Baker year where he had the Hamey injury and he only played like three games. Okay. I have a feeling it's, it's the – feels good enough and then it starts bothering him again kind of deal what i what i would see is whoever the starter is go out here's my projection starter's gonna be gatewood he's gonna go out we're gonna be up 25 points the start of the fourth quarter 10 minutes left they throw bo allen in and we see what the true freshman from lexington kentucky has and man, this would be Vanderbilt has been a sliding door moment for quarterbacks uh, previously. Uh, Chuck, you did mention that game earlier, where that was the last we really saw of Patrick Tolles was down at Vanderbilt when uh, they scored on the play where the guy kind of came in from the sideline. Uh, Kentucky's offense wasn't moving the ball well. Uh, Drew comes in, throws a touchdown to Timmons, I believe, on his first or second throw. That was a pretty good drive, like a seventy-yard drive. Yeah, and we that that was really, I think Tolls kind of he might have came in a game after that as well, um, but 
at least in this season, there is a potential bowl game lying at the end of the year. But Freddie, this is ideally the time before you play two great offenses in Alabama and Florida, you at least have some, a few concepts, a few good looking plays out there that makes you think that you can at least string together some drives against uh, Alabama and Florida. Yeah. I mean, Saturday is all about Kentucky. I mean, Vanderbilt, does throw the football well. It does concern me with the 400 yards against Mississippi State. I mean, that's a really good defense. Uh, I really like the running back, Keon Henry Brooks, had over 200 all-purpose yards. Uh, but offensively, Kentucky has this, – this is an offensive get-right game for the Cats. I mean, it absolutely is. You look at what Vanderbilt, you know, giving up uh, 160 rush yards a game. If Kentucky doesn't hit the 200-yard mark this Saturday, then it's going to really struggle to hit that mark again against Florida, Alabama, and South Carolina. Uh, 440 yards they give up, 6.8 yards per play they, that they allow. So, uh, you know, this is this is a game that Kentucky can string some drives together, make some big plays, increase that average per yards per attempt. Uh, Vanderbilt does have one really good pass rusher, Dayo Odiyengbo, uh, six foot six, 280-pound. Defensive end, all SEC player, but the good thing for Kentucky is he'll be going against Derrick Kennard, Landon Young, two two of the better tackles in the league. So um, you're absolutely right. I mean, Kentucky, this this game is all about Kentucky. It, it's about what we see from the open week. It's about the adjustments that were made in the passing game, and, and also if you think about it, this this game will also have influence on recruiting. Uh, if you throw some younger guys in during during the bye week and you see them on Saturday, they perform well, they don't perform well, then the recruiting shift may say, okay, we, we need more offensive line, you know, whatever, whatever position group, because a lot of the young guys got to show what they were worth last week, and we might see some in the game Saturday. Do we see a Mike Drennan touchdown? Numbers say no, Chuck, to be quite honest with you. Oh, but I'm saying yes. It's happening, Chuck. Write it down. Donuts, you're not going to have a donut in that stat. He's going to have a one in that score. Because I, I think to Freddie's point, too, I think they're going to make kind of concerted effort to, to get some of those guys the ball. Um, and I was reading, I was really reading between the lines in Mark Stoops' press conference today because, like I said, he's not giving us much when it comes to quarterback talk. But the way that in the last two weeks – he said, A, we're really just trying to find a few passing concepts that work and go from there. And then, B, he talked about – and we heard it a lot in, in the preseason where they wanted to use some of the Lynn Bowden RPO stuff in the quarterback run game this year. They really wanted to implement that. But except now you have a downfield throw that can be a part of that read as well. And essentially, that's just not worked. Like Stoop said as much today, you know, we we tried to do some stuff and it just hasn't been effective. Maybe that's putting too much on the quarterback to make those reads, whatever it may be. But I I, I think they got a little too they they put a lot on Terry's shoulders and I, I don't know, I don't think he handled it well. And I it, it at least comes across to me that they're admitting as much. Uh the quarterback run game hasn't been effective. So I that's probably part of the drawing board is eliminating some of that stuff that it might have worked well for Lynn, but, you know, Lynn Bowden didn't walk into that door, Freddie. And these quarterbacks had to no. be comfortable with the concepts they're running to make sure that Kentucky is moving the sticks. 
Yeah, and I would argue, Nick, we need to see fewer quarterback runs. Uh, they've been unsuccessful. And the and the from that your running back carries have gone down. Yeah. The carries need to be in the hands of Chris Rodriguez. We don't need to see Terry Wilson or Joy Gaywood run. We need to see we want Chris Rodriguez to have the football in his hands. Behind that very good block off uh, run blocking offensive line, let them get after it. Uh, you know, I, I but, uh Gaywood have twenty something carries against Georgia. I mean, that's way too many. And, uh, you know, we just need, need to get that ball into the hands of Chris Rodriguez and let him let him eat because, I mean, he's a, he's a running back that gets better with the more carries that he gets. Uh, he's not your home runner. He is a guy that will wear a defense down. And Kentucky can go a couple ways against Vanderbilt. Like I said, this is going to be very telling for the Kentucky program, what we see on Saturday. Are they just going to try to, you know, like, obviously they're going to try to win – but are they going to get it out with Rodriguez, which which could work? Or are you going to try to do some different things to 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 showcase what you worked on in practice or the downfield passing game? But Chuck, I mean, you, I mean, you know this. If those safeties aren't threatened, and I know I say that phrase every freaking Saturday, if those safeties are not threatened, they're going to be sitting in the box. Yeah, and the corners are going to be sitting on routes. I mean, plain and simple. Kentucky has. Uh, as far as their, their long pass plays, seven pass plays of 20-plus yards this year and two pass plays of 30 yards. So, How many others? Is, I mean I, – I don't, I don't know. I, I didn't yeah. break it down that far, but, I mean, you've got – At you've least got one to was some, Josh Ali in that Auburn game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got to put those safeties in play in the pass game so they just can't line up 10 yards from the line of scrimmage and be more, more defenders in the in box then your five offensive linemen can block gosh and and sometimes it's, it's not even about obviously you want to be successful when you take a shot but if you can take a couple shots early and at least keep them on their toes they we will throw this this ball if it's there that'll help because we're running these play action passes and the safeties are just coming up because they know uh we're not passing the ball yeah um, that's a great point, and I, I can't believe we only have seven plays above or greater than 20 yards passing. That's that's pretty crazy. In six games. I mean, it, let's let's be honest. If you're playing this Kentucky offense and you're a D coordinator, you stack the box and you play man and you say, throw it and beat us. I mean, that's what I would do. Are you going to let yeah. Rodriguez run for 300 yards? No. Stack the box, make, make the – Make the quarterback who we don't even know who it's going to be because there's a competition. Make them beat you with their arm. Mm. You know what though? Now this is the week that's going to happen. It's going to take a little while. Chris Rodriguez, he's going to get rolling. He'll probably get about. I don't know. I'm thinking about 160, Drew, before they really start taking shots. And then I, I want to see this Joey Gatewood deep ball because he puts it on a line up close, but I just don't think he's really pulled the pin and just said. All right, receiver, go get it. I bet he can throw a football over a mountain. That's what it looks like to me, at least. Uh, I don't believe anyone on this team can throw the football past 25 yards. Uh, I hate calling games like must-win games, This, but this is a must-show-me-you're-capable-of-doing-something-with-your-offense game, or how do we get up for the rest of the season if they can't show progress against Vanderbilt after a bye week? If if it's more of the same, I, I mean – this will go down as one of the all-time worst if there's no progress in this game. 
Well, that that brings me to my other what if because we have to discuss it. it. Needs to be said. What if Kentucky doesn't win another football game this season? Like what? Just there's a chance it might happen. I don't. I don't want to to speak that into existence. I know you all have criticized me roundly and soundly, and rightfully so in some cases. But like, what if? You're going up against a winless Vanderbilt team, and you, you you drop that L at home. What happens, Drew? Well, I've thought about this, sadly, and it makes me wonder how much credit do they get for the Tennessee game? Because that was huge, but it's not enough to salvage a season where you only won a couple games, right? Or do, can we say just winning in Knoxville is enough for this year to be a success? It really is like a hypothetical, Freddie, that people kick around in the radio biz. Like, I would rather beat Tennessee and not win another game than lose those balls again. Yeah. Well, here we go. <laughs> Here's our chance. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, I, I know the staff, I know they're busting their tails. They're doing, they're doing everything in the world to try to scheme up something that's going to be successful offensively. I and mean, they, they really are. I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're working hard and, and, and it, it's shown that it's worked in the past. So that, that, that seems to lean towards personnel. Um, but I can't see Kentucky losing to Vanderbilt. But I will say this. I think Vanderbilt is better uh, than the record indicates. I mean, they played Texas A&M to a 17-12 game week one. I mean, Texas a and is in the top five now, if I'm not mistaken. Um and then just seeing them against Mississippi State, you know, they're, they're, they're a threatening pass offense. Uh, but I, I'm with Drew. I think for the Kentucky fans, uh, the manner in which and the style in which Kentucky wins this game is as important as winning the game to the fans, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, style points don't matter uh, unless it's the BCS and you're, or you're trying to get into the playoff. But they matter. They they do matter on Saturday. Uh, yeah. And and the thing that I worry about is the same worry that I had against Georgia with Joey Gatewood at quarterback. It's that you get a result that doesn't produce anything definitive one way or the other. And you you, I don't want that to happen. Hell, I'd almost rather them go out and lose and and instead of just a kind of a wishy washy, you know, thirteen to seven win. I mean, you can't have that happen. And here's the thing, too, Freddie. To your point about knowing that these guys are working hard and stuff, I I really do worry about the uh, the kind of emotional health of the football team, where I really want them to have something to feel good about because yeah, you know everybody's going through tough times right now. There's no question about it. Um, we and we hit on that at, towards the beginning of the show, but you know everything that John Sharman's been through, and then right. it, it sounds like things. Um, just are, are going in the wrong direction at this point uh, after that Missouri game. And between that and between just the fatigue that they have, where Stoops alluded to it some today uh, when talking about the COVID protocols, like the good parts about being on a football team are busting each other's chops in the locker room, are having family day where you see everybody's kids where, where things feel a little bit normal for a while yeah. and they haven't had any of those things. And that kind of, I, I just, I, I think the inability to exhale has taken its toll on this team. And I hope that they can do, they can make some big plays. They can have some long touchdowns just to kind of 
have something to feel good about because it, it's been a while since they have had that. Yeah, and you know, you can start with Chris Oates, how that played out, and yeah, God bless him. You know, he came to the game that was motivational, and, and he's in their thoughts and prayers. Every- and then with with John Slarman, and then uh, you know, losing at Missouri, uh, and the way things have gone, my goal, what I would like to see, is smiles from that team as they walk off the field Saturday. The big win, playing better than they have, and 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 having smiles. I mean, I I, I know you know I know the players, and you know I'm for them, man. I, I want to see them have fun again, and and. You know, the defense looks like they're having fun. I mean, and they should look that way. Ranked first in the SEC in scoring defense, uh, first in the SEC in pass defense, first SEC in red zone defense. That's a lot of firsts. And they look like they're flying around having fun, where offensively, you know, with the passing game struggles, it doesn't look like there's a lot of smiles on that side of the ball. I want to see the team smiling and having fun on Saturday uh, after a win. So, uh, there's something I would like to see. I Charles, tell me if this is possible or not. Because we kicked around this idea that I'm lucky last week. What if like, like could you play boss man fat on offense? You're a receiver. Could you pick it up in a week or two and catch I, some I, passes? No, I mean unless he has a it's not I think catching the pass is the easiest part. You gotta learn the plays. You have to learn pickups. Um, what is that? That was my daughter. That oh, was Ellie. Like, say hi, y'all. <laughs> There's a smile. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I think it's way easier said than done. Pushing someone and saying, "Yeah, put him, put him out one on one." I mean. Then again, he would know defense. Damn it, Charles, don't ruin my dreams. I want to see Boss Man Fat catching some fades on some dudes, like pulling a Seth Williams on somebody else. I mean, I think we have a six Keaton Upshaw we can throw fade to. See, this is Drew. This is him being Boss a proud receiver. Yeah, he's he's too proud to admit it, that Boss Man Fat could play receiver. I just don't think it would bode well. I do not. Well, especially it would mess up the receiver room now. All right, so you don't think any of us are good, but you're going to bring this corner over and play. And I think you can't do that. And I think it's not even worth taking the the shot, the opportunity to try to do it. Because mm-hmm. then everything – I don't know what's going on in that receiver's room, but you start bringing in new guys that don't play receiver, they're not going to be too happy. I'd enjoy the hell out of it, though, Drew. <laughs> you know um, – I'm for as much boss man fat playing time as we could get. Uh, if they want to put him in the wildcat, return kicks, punt when Max Duffy is Austin, you know, not staying in an emergency situation, we put him in for Duffy, but maybe here and there. I'm for <laughs> boss man fat playing every position on the field. It's like Bugs Bunny on first, Bugs Bunny on second, Bugs Bunny on third. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I, I kicked that question I, I to Mark Stoops and he just ignored it. <laughs> Mark Stoops would be in a mood this morning. I, I thought very risky asking that question. I got under the table. You know, uh, unlike Ryan Lemon, I'm a journalist at heart. I got to ask the, the hard-hitting questions like, are you going to move your defensive back to wide receiver? Um, 
<laughs> yeah, Mark wasn't when, in the best of moods when, today. I like that you asked that when we already knew he wasn't in a good mood. It's not that you asked it and then we later found out he was in a bad mood. You you already knew. I uh, just quit caring, you know. This is a good time to bring up a new segment I made up. Oh, Drew's got a new segment. New segment alert. Here we go. I will just go around the room briefly, just a simple yes or no question. But since it's happened so often, will Boss Man Fat get an interception this week? Yes. I said a yes, yes. from Freddie. Yes. Charles with a yes. Keep yeah, it going, boss yeah man. yes is all around. He's He gets one every other game, and Vandy just had five turnovers. Ken yeah, Seals is on eight, eight interceptions. Only chance that Vanderbilt's going to have is, is to throw the ball at least 50 times on Saturday. So I, I can see boss man getting an interception. Well, that was a fun segment. Perfect 4 0. We'll do it again next week. What would the Vegas line be, Drew, on Boss Man Fat? Over under interceptions, 0. 0.5. Uh, well, I mean, the, the odds would suck because I think it's a lock that he's going to get an interception. I would even set it higher, maybe over two and a half for this particular game. Wow. I mean, the man has only played half a season and already has three. Brand new to the team. Now that he's established – Got the Seth Williams out of the way. I think it's one a game from here on out, at least. And Drew Vanderbilt has two six four receivers. Abdul Raham Amir is six four, and Chris Pierce is four. So we could see a uh, some payback on fifty fifty balls from the Auburn game. So I'm one hundred percent in with you on there. I think Boss Man gets an interception. What what also is pretty crazy about Bossman's three picks. So he's he's leading the nation right now, and it's it is a you know there's like eight guys who have uh, three picks. But what's crazy is that I think you have to go back to 2009 to have a UK player who's had more than three interceptions in a season. I think Sam Maxwell had four one year, but he's done that in six games. Those guys were playing twelve and. Th- it's like he's had some pretty good defensive backs. I don't know if y'all have been paying attention. There's a lot of guys that have gone through the NFL through that defense in the last decade, and he has as many interceptions in half a season as they've had an entire year. It's it's ridiculous, and, Freddie, that goes back to what you were saying last week about Brad White. This defense has been nuts, and I think a lot of the frustrations from fans about the offense is just like, man, you got a hell of a defense. Let's, let's make sure that they at least get – um, some of their due for just how well they've been playing. Well, I, I know earlier I talked about their pass number one in scoring, number one in red zone, etc. Uh, but Kentucky's only has eight sacks on the year, which yeah. is third, just twelfth in the SEC. Only have twenty seven tackles for loss, which is eleventh in the ACC, and just forced one fumble, recovered one fumble, and still have those numbers. To me, that paints the picture of Brad White absolutely scheming the heck out of the defense and having his guys playing you know, full tilt for 60 minutes. And and I don't think – I mean, I don't think we could express the praise that we should be on Brad White. Now, again, Vanderbilt's going to have some yards, whatever. But, I mean, if what Kentucky's done through this point, I, I, you know, I give him all the credit in the world. And I have a new segment too, uh, Nick. 
Oh, oh, two new segments. Heck yeah, Freddie, you, lay it UK, on. UK football trivia. Who has the record for the most interceptions in a season at UK? I know this answer. Do y'all know it? Drew? Charles? Uh, no. uh, I do not. For, uh, Drew, I'll give you a hint. He also coached at the University of Kentucky. <laughs> It's Freddie's coach, Jerry Claiborne. Oh, yeah. Nice. He, he had he had 12. <laughs> Which Freddie, I was going back and looking at the record book. Were just quarterbacks, could they just not throw a football? They used to pick off like 20 some odd passes back in the 50s in a season, and they were playing fewer games. Yeah, I guess. Quarterback plays really greatly improved here recently. <laughs> <laughs> oh man you would have been a heisman trophy winner back in the day freddie <laughs> no yeah yeah i contributed to a lot of dbs having interception records that was about it man so i've got another new segment alert too uh we're, we're just we got so many segments today and it's inspired by the tree that i'm staring at in my backyard and i know squirrel. Can I, can I guess what it is yes squirrel guess what it is way way leaves I is is raking leaves the worst household chore you could possibly have Ever. because Ever. I, laundry laundry's worse. Ooh, we got because, all right. That includes folding after you're done laundering. Well, of course, that's part of laundry. So, do you hate the folding part of it? Okay, you're well you're the folding folder. and putting, you know, then hanging clothes and then putting. Some clothes in the dresser, that's that's the worst. I will rake leaves over laundry any day of the week. But I agree. Nick, I have like a 150-foot river birch in my backyard, and every day I rake the leaves, and then the next day it looks like I had not raked the leaves in a month. So, And, and that's why I think it's up there, Drew. And I, you're a first-time homeowner, so like you're going to – after your first year – you're just going to think of like, wow, these are all of the things that I didn't know I hated so much about a house. So I just, I wanted you to, to have a heads up because leaf raking is the worst, but I think I know a household chore that's even worse. Uh, I enjoy good leaf raking. What do you say that's worse? Putting up Christmas decorations. Mm-hmm. Because it's typically really bad. Like it's typically nasty january weather and like if you're as clark griswold as i you're getting up on the roof freddy and you you know you're on the ladder you're taking stuff down and then once you get them all down you're like oh we just have a cold miserable winter like without even anything to look forward to anymore you're okay i get you now you're talking about them up to you out yeah Yeah. that does stink yeah, yeah, yeah. That, put them out's kind of fun because you're like, oh, it's Christmas season, you know. Yeah, my perfect retirement home would be surrounded by 200 acres of treeless property because <laughs> I hate raking leaves and no band to Christmas decorations because I hate doing it too. Oh, wow, are you a Scrooge, Freddie? But yes, yeah, but Charles talking about laundry, try being colorblind doing laundry. That, that's that's a challenge man i bet that makes for interesting uh interesting yeah stop. when i was at uk we had to you know wear a suit when we traveled so my mom would uh, uh 
safety pin socks to the pants that I wore so I'd match. And and my roommate, the late great Joey Couch, would switch them up. So I'd look, I mean, I would have a green sock and a blue sock or whatever. So, yeah, there, there's been a lot of tricks played on me throughout the years. Oh. Drew, have you – I know my friends that like to use the phrase chorn. You've probably got a lot of chorn to do with the new house. I, I stay pretty busy around here. I didn't know uh, it took much to just live. I can't say I'm a fan. <laughs> I want to go back to my little apartment. And it's not even like the fun chores too, where it's like, oh, I'm just going to go out and cut grass and just like be away for like an hour or something. No, it's like you need to get the level out and help hang up this picture. But, oh, you've got to find a stud first and then make sure that the little wire hangers. I mean, there's just so much annoying little stuff that adds up. And right now, the damn leaves in my backyard, they're going to drive me nuts because this was a great, perfect weather weekend. You can just... I was ready to wash my hands of it. I was going to be done with outside chores till, you know, at least two or three more weeks before I get all the Christmas, pull all the Christmas junk out. Nope, not happening. Leaves back just like that. And the cycle continues. Hey, yes. Yes. No question. Do you make your bed in the morning? No, of course I not. do. I do. Nick, you're the only slob. Well, I'm a slob in that I wake up before my wife, so she's still in bed. So, like, if the bed gets oh, okay. made, yeah, it's just like you just pull the covers over a little bit, and you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, where are we? We we were talking about Christmas decorations. Where are we with putting them up this year? I'm, I'm kind of taking a poll because I'm ready. I would have done it a week ago if I didn't think I'd get thrown out of my neighborhood. I would go ahead, if you're ready to do it, do it now while it's still warm out. Like, getting them going while the weather's still nice is very crucial. The only reason why I haven't is I was like, the, the bye week was used exclusively for just relaxing. So I'll probably be up by the end of the week. The key is, is you have to, like, if I'm going to take the Christmas stuff out, I'm putting all the fall stuff out at once. Like, it's not, we're not making multiple trips into the attic. Like, this is a one-day thing. And I'm getting it over with. Like, I don't I don't want this dilly-dallying and junking up my house for a week or two. So, I think you're in the clear, Drew. It's just a matter of doing it before it becomes absolutely awful. And now you get to do it for the first time. So, you can, I mean, have you gone to the store yet to check out any of, like, the, the, the lighting fixtures or anything? Uh, no, I... I... I have a lot of stuff. I would decorate uh, my old place quite a bit, so I have some stuff left over. But there is a guy in my neighborhood that has had his tree up since early October. I mean, it's been up probably a month now. I thought that was pretty aggressive, so I feel like he set the tone for everyone else. I think I'll probably be doing it here pretty soon. I thought the day after Thanksgiving was the go time for decorations. Well, normally it is. Any other year, I would I would wait, but you know. Year we need we need all the happiness we can get. There you, go. you want to put holiday cheer up? You go ahead. You do what you want to do. Is what I'm saying. The day after Thanksgiving yeah. for me, Freddie, is for watching more football and basketball. I don't I don't want well, to be running around like a chicken with my head cut off at Coles to get deals or uh, doing all sorts of work. Like I'm, you know, I, I I'm one of those where just just let bring home the Christmas early. Who cares? 
Well, for me, it gets, it gets serious when the Hallmark Christmas movies start up. And that's when I get fired up about it. Because Drew and I are humongous Hallmark Christmas movie fans. Have they have they started up yet? It's got to be it's got to be here by now. Uh, we're, getting, we're getting close. Netflix has its own version. Uh, obviously, not a traditional Hallmark classic, but it's already up. I haven't watched it yet. I was I was going to ask, have you watched the Holiday yet, Drew? Or the uh, <laughs> no, not yet. I think it's like the the Christmas Christmas Princess or something is is what there's like three or four of those already they got a sequel for each year you know you gotta you gotta keep pumping them out if you're not you're still watching hubie halloween he loves it i enjoyed hubie halloween they got me in the halloween spirit it wasn't great but it wasn't wasn't the worst thing ever i beg to differ Chuck, you're just not old enough to be a cornball yet. You're gonna start appreciating dad jokes before you know it. You've already got the sweaters. You know, you're you're getting real I, close. I don't have a tie on today. Do you like that? This, it might be the first time I've seen you without a tie on in months. It really has. I'm a tie wearing stud. I like I like I love the tie. It's a big week for polos, though, Charles, because the one thing that is going to be cool to see is fall foliage at Augusta National. We're going to have some some Ooh. red red falling leaves. The 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 cones are going to be looking good, and uh, I'm just like Drew. Their college game day at the Masters. That's going to be. I I just my brain doesn't know how to handle that mashup. Yeah, that's going to be wild. Do they say who's the celebrity picker? We pull Tiger over. It would be pretty great if they like had two holes and they had to putt at like which game, like on like a practice screen, and they had to putt to whichever uh, cup that they were picking the game. That would be fun. I bet it's Jack Nicklaus because of Ohio State. Ah, uh, yeah, good call. Mm, good call, Freddie. I'm pumped. This Nick, is you talked about. Go on, Freddie. Fall foil for how how you say that foil foliage 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 <laughs> that word's not in my wheelhouse but if uh, you know, on a bucket list for you guys in all seriousness you need to go down to Kingdom Come State Park in Cumberland one one fall when the leaves are changing see some bears uh, it's beautiful up there it's the most beautiful place in the world do I need to see the bears. You'll see them if you're there early in the morning or right before dark. They'll be out. Have you ever fought a bear? They're everywhere. I have not. I would have back in the day, uh, but not now. I'm too old. I get wore. I get wore out. <laughs> oh man! Well, I'm I'm excited for the Masters this weekend. Oh, like we'll challenge. get to it. Drew, will this be a two television kind of weekend? Get Vandy on one and uh, in, in, in Kentucky Vandy on one, and then get a little Masters on the other screen. I feel like that's a a good. This is a good time to have the multiple TV setup. Oh, definitely. The for for me, the two TVs will start probably on Thursday. I'll try to watch as many swings as possible from the Masters while keeping up with everything else going on in the world. But come Saturday, this start- absolutely. Have they started yet, Drew? Uh, the Masters? Yeah. 
Uh, uh, the practice rounds are day through Wednesday. Okay. And then and Thursday is when it gets going. It'd be really cool to like. I know every the the dream is playing at courses like that. I would just be happy to go on the par three course. You know. I had tickets one year and didn't go. What? Man, there's no. There's no way I could be quiet for eight hours. I couldn't be still or be quiet for eight hours. There's no way I could do that. You catch those again this year, you can just throw my way and and I'll I'll go for you. I haven't ruled out sneaking down there this weekend. Hmm. Again, the offer still stands, Drew. If you need someone to go, (laughs) I can be there. Is sneaking? Is John Daly still going to be at Hooters? Uh, I don't know what they'll do. Um, I guess. I mean, that's his. That's his house for the week. So man's got to live. Who's more famous of the Hooters, John Daly or Andy Kennedy? Well, I've I've uh, been around both. I've been fortunate enough to see both there <laughs> in their element. Um, it's tough. It's tough call. <laughs> they both live their best, their best lives. Oh man. Well, I, I hope they're everybody... living their best lives. Don't forget this guy. Oh man, that's the pretty Eric awesome. Cleaner, JT Poston debut. Everyone betting, they're three hundred to one. It's the easiest money uh, you'll ever make. Man, how awesome that be, Fleener. I've heard him karaoke before, but I've never heard him like try to sing. He's really good at singing. Yeah, I, I didn't. Even, I mean, I've heard him sing plenty of times. I didn't know he had that in him. That was a professional. Uh, recording, I might that might pop up on the charts here before the week's over. You never know, especially when they end up winning the Masters too. I mean, that's going to be. You want to talk about shooting your shot? He did kind of sound like Luke Combs. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> How crazy would it be if? Well, how'd you get your start in country music? Well, I, I I was a caddy first, going to the Masters, and I sung a song, and then it blew up on the charts, and I said, you know what? Let's give this country music thing a try. I wouldn't oh, put Splainer. I haven't looked it up, but I think he's the first Masters rookie to drop their debut single while at the Masters. I, I think Tiger Woods, when he was at the Masters uh, in '95, he didn't drop a single. Nope. I don't think uh, Sam Snead, any of them really. No. Oh, wow. Yeah. So made his one of one. Day. One of one, unlike anybody yeah, else got, out there. We got that in the cats this weekend. Well, it it should be an exciting weekend. I, I hope y'all had a, a fun time listening to us talk a little football today. It's a little bit different show, but uh, hopefully entertaining at that. Uh, Kentucky has Vandy on the SEC Network at noon uh, this Saturday. Fingers crossed that all of the COVID stuff. I know it was a, it was scary. Some news earlier today, but hopefully we've seen the worst of it at least for this week. And the Cats will still be able to play the Commodores on Saturday. Uh, we're glad that you you joined us uh, for the KSR Football Podcast. And uh, if you will, check out our friends at UK Federal Credit Union and, and, our, and our buddies over at Midnight Rooster. Um, anytime you're working, helping them, you're helping us as well. Um, so, hey, guys, this, I, I, you know what? For having a bye week, I thought this was a pretty, pretty good uh, football podcast, if I do say so myself. Yeah, it was fun. Everyone. You're working Stay on your golf already, Drew. 
Well done. Yeah. <laughs> Wrong sport. <laughs> oh, for Drew Franklin, Charles Walker, Freddie Maggard, I'm Nick Roush. We'll see y'all next week. Until then, go cats and go crow. And peep the technique. Bubble sweat the technique.